Well, as Mark remarked, it is good to be back in our regular scheduled Bible class. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of John. And we will pick up where we left off uh, several weeks back when we abbreviated our services. And be turning to chapter 7. John chapter 7. We've been engaged in the study of John uh, for quite some time now. Uh, It stands alone from the other Gospels uh, in many ways. Uh, And it is a rich study indeed. Um, If you'll look back just uh, for a brief overview of chapter 6. Uh, There we had the account of the feeding of the 5,000, and uh, it's in this chapter 6 that uh, Jesus walks on the sea, and then he goes into this discourse about uh, being the the bread from heaven, and uh, that led to uh, being rejected by many because they did not understand the words. And finally, toward the end of the chapter, we, uh, it is recorded that, that many disciples at this point, because of their uh, not understanding the spiritual import of Jesus' words, turn from him and uh, do not walk with him anymore. And so that brings us down to chapter 7. Chapter 7 has 52 verses, I believe, in it. It's quite a long chapter. And so uh, we will go two Sundays anyway on this and very possibly uh, three Sundays uh, in chapter 7. Chapter 7 is, uh, is pivotal. And uh, it introduces us to the portion of Jesus' ministry where he is now in Jerusalem and within a year will go to the cross and be resurrected from the dead. I think it'd be good uh, at the outset, and we won't repeat this uh, in the following Sundays, but uh, let's just read chapter 7 in one uh, reading. So if you are there, read along with me. I am reading from the New King James translation. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. 
But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews saw him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. Some said, He is good. Others said, No, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Uh, Here in this context where we read the Jews, not talking about the whole nation of, of Israel, it's talking about the leaders, the Jews being the Jewish leaders, religious leaders. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Then some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly. And they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him. Where I am from him, and he sent me. Then they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him and said, When the Christ comes, will he do more than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he indeed, does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me, and where I am going you cannot come. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, 
If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that, Christ, that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? And the officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. Quite a lot taking place here. Hopefully, we will attempt anyway to uh, get through the first 13 verses, going verse by verse. But let me sort of uh, give a backdrop, a little bit of introduction uh, to this pivotal point in our study in chapter 7. Actually, chapters 7 through 10 record the great controversy that uh, raged around the name of Jesus during the last six months of his ministry. We're that close to the crucifixion. Six months at this point. Uh, it was October when these events are, are occurring. Uh, at the beginning of this uh, uh, chapter, October, and uh, actually if you do the research and everything, you'll find out that uh, it has been six months since the events of chapter 6. You come to the end of chapter 6, and it is six months from that point to this point in chapter 7. And during this time, Jesus had remained in Galilee. Uh, the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, revealed that uh, during this six months that he uh, remained in Galilee, that he repeatedly tried to tell his disciples, his apostles, uh, about his coming death. He tried to get them to understand. And so he spoke during this six months more than once to his apostles about the death, burial, and resurrection. Several things John uh, just skips over in his narrative uh, to chapter 7 that the other gospel accounts uh, 
tell us and inform us what Jesus did during this six-month period between these two chapters. In Matthew 16, we, uh, we have recorded uh, Peter confessing Christ to be uh, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, Mark chapter 9, uh, we see the account of Jesus feeding yet another great multitude. And then in Luke chapter 9 is recorded uh, the transfiguration of Christ. But now it was time to face the events in the capital city and the account of these events in the capital city uh, really take up the rest of the book of John. So the rest of our study from this point forward is going to be concerning the events in Jerusalem. Chapter 7 relates the events uh, during the time of what is called the Feast of Tabernacles, which always occurred uh, in October as a Jewish feast day, about a week in length. Um, this is the feast or the festival that comes just before the Passover, which would be in April, in which Jesus would be crucified. So we're drawing near. And controversy in this chapter especially begins to brew and build uh, and the rising storm of hatred against the Lord uh, builds uh, steam and gains momentum. Here in chapter 7, Jesus is going to reject, as we have read, the suggestion of his brothers uh, in verses uh, 1 through 13. And sort of by way of outlining the rest of the chapter, in verses 14 through 24, we see Jesus defending himself against the charge of Sabbath breaking. And then in verses 25 through 36, uh, we will read and study about the uh, feeble attempt to arrest him, uh, that attempt which failed. In verses 37 through 44, uh, Jesus is speaking of the living water. And then finally in verses 45 through 52, uh, we find Nicodemus being one of the ruling class, making a, or speaking a word in defense of Jesus. So against this backdrop, uh, I want us to look at verses 1 through 13. Hopefully we can uh, do this within the time that, that we have. But we will do it verse by verse as we uh, have been doing. So look at verse 1. After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews, the leaders, sought to kill him. It had become uh, dangerous uh, for Jesus to be in Jerusalem. He had been there before during his ministry. Uh, and Jesus, by this time, had already been branded as a troublemaker. And uh, he risked uh, being arrested if he went up to the capital city. Actually, the plot to kill Jesus had already been in existence for uh, I estimate around 18 months. If you go back to John chapter 5 in verse 18, when this uh, begins to be uh, voiced and made known the, the plan to kill Jesus because of 
what he was perceived to be by the Jews, by the leaders. So this uh, plot to kill Jesus, this desire to kill Jesus, had already been in existence, and it's going to gain momentum now as Jesus is about to go into Jerusalem. And uh, most of the people, at least in Jerusalem, were aware that this was the design or the desire of their, their leaders. They knew that they were seeking to kill Jesus. In verse 2, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. One of many uh, Jewish uh, feasts that we read about uh, is, according to the translation that you have, sometimes it's referred to as the Feast of Booths or the Festival or Feast of Tents or Arbors. Uh, actually, these uh, booths or tabernacles or arbors uh, were little, uh, actually little tents. They were made of tree branches in which people would uh, actually camp out outside the walls during the week of the festival. So uh, we are familiar with that kind of activity in our society, a great event, a great festival. We've just experienced the 4th of July and have seen in various places uh, coming together to celebrate. And this is what uh, the Feast of Tabernacles was. Its purpose originally was to commemorate the wilderness uh, wanderings in, uh, or the wilderness sojourn of Israel. But it was also uh, being celebrated in October. It was also a time of celebration for the season's harvest of uh, grain and fruit and, uh, and wine. It occurred in October indicating that John... Uh, here passed over a full six months of Jesus' Galilean ministry. And we just mentioned uh, a few things that the other writers mentioned that occurred during this uh, six months. By inspiration, John felt the need just to go straight from chapter 6 to chapter 7. Of course, you understand that the chapters were not original. But uh, as far as events are concerned, uh, John just went straight to when Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. Look at verse 3. It says, His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples may see the works that you are doing. Uh, this is contrasted with disciples. Uh, and we understand it to be a reference to Jesus' physical family. You go back to Matthew chapter 13, uh, around uh, verse uh, 55, uh, we see mentioned uh, that Jesus had brothers. Four brothers are, are mentioned and named there in Matthew 13. Uh, verse 55, there is James and Jude and Joseph or Joseph and Simon. So these are his physical uh, brothers speaking to him. He had been raised in this family. 
They knew him. Perhaps they had been with him in their father's workshop, carpentry shop. And uh, they knew him to be their brother. Let me just interject here. The great mystery that we'll never comprehend is the dual nature of, of Jesus being God himself and being man. Fully God, fully man. We, we can't comprehend that, but we accept it by faith. He's the son of God. Being fully man, Jesus had to operate within the realm of God the Father's. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to find here? Providence. The providence of God. In other words, what I'm saying is that Jesus, when he came into full knowledge and awareness of who he was, why he was here, what he had to do to save mankind, the miracles that he was able through the Spirit to perform, he could have just snapped his finger or waved his hand or spoke the word and everything would have been smooth. Those seeking to take his life would have been taken care of in short order. Everything just, uh, you know, to accomplish the will of God that he go to the cross. He could have just paved the, the way with miracles. But of course he didn't. He had to operate within normal humanity. He was man. He was under the law of Moses. He kept the law of Moses. He was in his own culture. And that defined the way that he lived and how he went about uh, socially. And so all of this uh, is evidence that, that Jesus, being man, he had to operate within God's providence. So he has a, a reason here. And his brothers, they see Jesus. It's hard to put, put ourselves into the shoes of his brothers. Like I said, they grew up with him. They knew him uh, growing up together. And now, here is Jesus away from home in the region, uh, preaching, teaching in the synagogues, teaching the crowds, the multitudes on occasion. And so they said, okay, he's, he's just wanting to make a name for himself. Uh, maybe in, uh, maybe not sarcastically, but maybe sincerely, they're saying, look, if you're wanting to uh, be known, then why waste your time here in Galilee? Uh, you need to go to Jerusalem. We're going. In a few days, we're going to be going up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. You should go there. There will be crowds of people. It's greatly populated. Go to Jerusalem, and there you will be among the crowds at the feast. Verses 4 and 5, for no one does, they, these are the brothers continuing to speak, for no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. That's what they believed of Jesus. 
If you do these things, show yourself to the world. And then verse 5. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Interesting. They assumed that Jesus uh, sought notoriety. This is what they believed. And if so, they thought that Jesus was just wasting his time in Galilee. Galilee was a province. It was uh, in the big picture of not much importance. It was not greatly populated like areas around Jerusalem. What in the world are you doing here, Jesus? If you're wanting to be known openly, you need to go to where the action is, and that's Jerusalem. Uh, he wanted, if they wanted recognition, Jerusalem was the place to get it. But notice the word if. If you do these things, then you need to go to Jerusalem and be made, make yourself known to the population there. If you do these things, shows that they did not believe in him. In fact, verse 5 just comes out and says that, that they did not believe him to be the son of God. He was their brother. Very different brother, but he was their brother. He's not the son of God. Uh, it really, these words here, what his brother said, if, if you do these things, I don't know if they had not witnessed personally any of the miracles themselves, maybe not. But this is the way they phrased it, if you do these things, then. Uh, it reminds you of the words of Satan, doesn't it? Way back in Matthew chapter 4, the temptation after the baptism of Jesus. He was led into the wilderness and Satan came and tempted him there. If you be the son of God, make these stones bread. If you be the son of God, go up to the highest point of the temple and cast yourself down and you will not be killed or harmed. If you be the son of God, his brothers, if you do these things, then you need to go to Jerusalem. So it says that very clearly that his physical brothers did not believe in him. But that's not the end of the story concerning his brothers, as we are all aware. We learn later that... Uh, some of his brothers uh, became believers after Jesus' resurrection. James, being one of his brothers, became an elder in the Church of Christ in Jerusalem and a leader in that congregation, and he also is the one who wrote the epistle of James. Secular history, not inspired history, records that James uh, died as a Christian martyr. And then there is Jude, another of his brothers. He's the one that wrote the epistle of Jude. Over in Acts, after Jesus has uh, arisen from the dead and ascended back on high, in Acts chapter 1, in verse 14, you recall that uh, his 
uh, mother and his uh, disciples, his apostles, were gathered together in the upper room there in Jerusalem. And in verse 14, uh, it says that his brothers were among the group as well in that upper room. I don't know, it it might uh, suggest here the way it's written that all of his brothers uh, came to be true believers in him. But anyway, at least we know that James and and Jude did. And nothing more is said about his sisters back over there uh, in the Matthew uh, account. it mentions in the next verse there that his sisters also were there, did not name them. But as far as brothers, uh, they would become believers. Verse 6, Then Jesus said to him, them, his brothers, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Again, remember that, uh, as I said, Jesus is operating... Uh, as a human within the human context. And God's providence, the natural order of, of the happening of things, is in force. And that is the context in which Jesus is operating. And so Jesus explains that his time to manifest himself as the Messiah is not now. Why? Well, Jesus knows that uh, dying on the cross and being resurrected from the death is how he will be made manifest. But that would be a little while later. Within a year, but that would be a little bit later from this point. If you look at uh, verse 7, he says, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that his work, that's, their works are evil. Uh, leading up to this point, Jesus had already exposed the sins of the leaders. Their hypocrisy has been exposed by Jesus. Their motives have been exposed by Jesus. They had the power Enormous power. And like today, uh, they craved it. They didn't want to relinquish it. They didn't want it to be threatened. They were in charge. They were the boss. And any troublemaker that comes along is dealt with forthwith. And so Jesus had already done this, and they hated him. They hated him. We see hatred today in our society. Uh, It's never good. But I think we can see operating in our world today, in the events that, that we are familiar with, that we see in the news constantly, that there is real hatred coming from different sides, different angles, but hatred, hatred. And that's about the best word that can be used to describe the attitude of the Jews, the leaders, the religious leaders toward Jesus. They saw him as a man that 
They couldn't get around the obvious miracles, but nonetheless, he was a threat to their position, to their power, and he had to be dealt with. And so already, as I mentioned a while ago, for about over a year, maybe as much as a year and a half, uh, they had uh, purposefully intended to kill him. But it had to be done just right because of the following that Jesus had. Again, God's providence at work. But that is the explanation here in verse 7. The world cannot hate you. You haven't been out there ruffling the feathers of the leaders. You haven't been out there uh, threatening their authority. But I have exposed them for who they are. They, they don't hate you. They, they hate me. And then we come down to verses 8 and 9. Jesus says to his brothers, you go on ahead to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast for my time has not yet fully come. And then in verse 9, when he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. So Jesus encourages brothers to go on ahead, not wait on him, but he tells them that he will not go for the purposes that they are suggesting that he go. If he went with them, it would almost be like, you know, verifying and substantiating what they said. If you want open notoriety, uh, you want to make a name of yourself, then that's why you should go. But Jesus, that wasn't the reason for Jesus to go. And so he tells them, you go ahead. Right now, I'm not going to go. And of course, this doesn't mean that Jesus will not go, but rather that he would... Uh, not go with their plan or with their motive. He would remain in Galilee for uh, a few more days, maybe uh, three to three and a half more days before going himself. And this allowed Jesus to enter Jerusalem at a time and circumstances of his own choice. And so beginning with verse 10, we have Jesus going up to Jerusalem and going and being among the crowd. Verse 10, But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. This was one of the great festivals of the Jewish people and people from all over Palestine we're at the feast. It's a great day of celebration. You can just imagine the city and the walls around the city and all of these little uh, booths, these uh, uh, brush arbors is, is an old term that we used years ago for these uh, evangelistic meetings. And seeing all of these people camped out, you know, to enjoy, they're there to enjoy uh, the feast. So, people were there, as his brother said. Many from Galilee were there who had already witnessed his miracles that he had done in Galilee. And in Jerusalem, many remembered his healing of the man 
at Bethesda over a year earlier recorded in John chapter 5 that we have already studied. So this strong, favorable attitude toward Jesus among the population was balanced by the hatred of the Jewish leaders. And uh, as I've already mentioned, we need to, when we see the term the Jews, in this context, it's referring to the Jewish leaders. Uh, and the leaders, it was well known among the population that the Jewish leaders plotted to kill the Lord. It was well known. And it had an effect. It had a dampening, a silencing effect on the people. I've often wondered how it could be uh, that the people been well aware of the Jews, their leaders, their religious leaders, plan to kill, to murder this man. What they felt, here are our leaders, these are our religious leaders, and they're wanting to kill somebody, much less a, a man that's doing good. I've just often wondered about that. Yes, I did hear it. Just about finished. Uh, but many, through fear, uh, they uh, considered it unsafe to speak openly of the Lord. You know, even in our day and time, if you are a certain party or of another party, uh, depending on where you are, you might even feel threatened to let it be known openly that you support so-and-so. Same was back then. And so, in secret, Jesus uh, went and just sort of began to blend in and be there with the people. There were about three types of Jews there at Jerusalem during this feast. Of course, it was the religious leaders who sought to kill him. He was the in, they were the enemy of Jesus. There were those in Jerusalem, residents of Jerusalem, who knew Jesus, but they also knew how their leaders felt. And then there were the people from the rest of the country there who maybe were not as well aware of the intent to kill Jesus. And so all of these are there. Then real quick, verse 11. Uh, they sought him and did not find him. They were wondering where he was. In verse 12, there was much murmuring. Some said he is good. Others said no, he is evil. He deceiving the people. Uh, but uh, it was this mixture of people and where they were and what they understood that Jesus is encountering there. Let me go ahead and stop here, and maybe we'll look a little bit more in depth next week, verses 12 through 13. But anyway, here we are. We are in Jerusalem. We are within about six months of the crucifixion of Jesus. So a lot's going to be happening, especially in, verse, in chapter 7 through 10, but for the rest of the book of John, of Jesus in Jerusalem. Thank you.